Welcome to the Raising Great Kids podcast. I'm your host today, Kendra Fleming. Our kids are coming through a season of social distancing. Uh, there's not as many sleepovers and play dates and sporting events and all the things that they're used to hanging out with their friends. And, and so today we're going to talk about the impact of isolation, a sense of loneliness, uh, the extended time on screens versus person-to-person communication, uh, and a really great interview with board-certified therapist Chen Wei Williams. I think you're really going to get a lot from this interview, and I hope you enjoy it. excited to have Chinway Williams here with us today. She's a board-certified therapist that works with adolescents and young adults, and we're going to get into this topic about isolation, and especially in this kind of weird COVID-19 season that we're in, what does it mean that we need to uh, pay attention to when our kids are dealing with isolation, as well as talking about uh, technology and too much screen time and uh, things around that topic. So before we jump in, uh, Chinway, tell us a little bit about your family and about yourself. Absolutely. So I am a mom of three. My oldest, her name is Jalen. She is going to be 16 years old in July. And we are like, okay, what is her birthday going to look like? Um, And I've got two boys also. So Brayden is my oldest. He's nine. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have Noah who turned five just a few weeks ago. And one thing that I have been enjoying during this sort of wild, crazy period of time is just being able to really like get outside. And so they are totally like outdoor boys. So jumping on the trampoline, riding their bikes and riding their scooters. So we've been doing a lot of that. And I've got to say, Kendra, I um, have been getting to know my neighbors and a little bit shamefully, you know, as a therapist, we don't like to use the word shame that much. (laughs) But um, I've got to say that I haven't really in the past year really gotten out as much as I have recently and having like wonderful conversations with with my neighbors. So, um, so that part's been really, really cool. Yeah, for sure. Well, we're just kind of in the state of Georgia coming out of this shelter in place where, uh, adults, children, all of us were very isolated. But in general, isolation is a is concerning for our children, uh, whether we're in, you know, a pandemic or not. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I began to notice even with my own kids who are all now grown and paid attention to as they were kind of in those middle school years. I feel like that's when I first started to notice it, uh, especially for a couple of my more introverted oriented children. So just in general, talk to us about isolation with children and students and uh, why, why we should view that as harmful or something to be careful about. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so, you know, this whole term social distancing um, has been introduced to us as, as, a, as a nation, as a society. And I've got to tell you, it's both necessary and hard. Um, and it's hard because for a lot of us, um, it can lead to social isolation. And so you're absolutely right. Social isolation is something that we should be concerned about now as a as a, a therapist that is an attachment oriented therapist, which is all about relationships and connection and bonding. I actually cringe when I hear that word, um, social distancing and, and, and isolation, because I understand sort of the, the ramifications. And so it's, it's hard for all humans because we're wired 
for connection. We're supposed to be um, in relationship with one another. And so it's, it's, it's really hard. And so I keep thinking that prior to this outbreak, Kendra, loneliness was one of the big issues facing our society today. True. And especially young people, loneliness and isolation were serious problems. And so although we have to do what we need to do to, to be safe, um, and flatten the curve. It's 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 going to be um, interesting to sort of see what happens when we come out come out of this because those um, they're not everyone, but for some individuals, this period of socially being distant from one another can actually exacerbate feelings of sadness and and depression. Um, I'm sort of reminded of a study, a very very large scale study that was done several years ago, and it was pretty large, like over 4,000 adolescents between the ages of 13 and 19 were examined. And the researchers found that a significantly greater proportion of kids who weren't connected to their peers for whatever reason um, had significant, significant depressive symptoms, including uh, suicidal ideation. So it's, it's actually dangerous. Yeah, for sure. And so I kind of feel like along with concern about isolation, uh, we also are seeing our children and our students and our teenagers kind of in record hours, logging record hours in technology and screen time. And uh, the two seem to kind of go together. Now, I know there's a lot of screen time that is actually social connection for a lot of people, um, but there's also just a lot of viewing and a lot of taking in and and that can even be more isolating. So talk to us a little bit about like overuse of screen time and, and technology. Yeah, no, this is a, a, a real big um, issue. I'm talking to a lot of parents and I'm sure you're having the same conversations yeah. where parents are like, what are we supposed to do? Their yeah. schoolwork is on a screen. Their downtime is on a screen. Um, family time oftentimes, um, you know, in, is is about watching something on a screen. And so, you know, just kind of going back to this period that we're in, and we hear this word over and over again, that it's unprecedented. Um, and that's true. There's so much uncertainty when we're thinking about our youth. There's the loss of sporting events, the loss of their senior year, the loss of time with friends. Um, And so there's just uh, a lot of loss and loss makes us feel uncertain and sometimes unsafe. And so I think for parents, it's important to remember um, that we can actually give them choices uh, because that helps to feel like you have some semblance of control over an environment that feels really chaotic. Uh, So give choices wherever you can. Um, You might feel the need to kind of hold on a little bit tighter because of all the safety, the real safety issues that are out there. But I would actually say that if there's something that feels really, really important to them, especially if you have an older um, teen who's been used to having a little bit more autonomy, if it's important to them, sit down, have that conversation, let them know your worries and your concerns, and maybe offer a choice, right? So this might be the time to just sort of pull back on the reins a little bit. If it's not going to be horrific, if it's not going to be a life or death situation, I would say support their attempts to connect, even if it's through the screen. 
Okay. Um, they, they need it, you know, for, for adolescents, this developmental stage is all about connection and friendship, you know, across all ages, but especially as an adolescent, that's kind of what they do is they, you know, they connect with their peers. And we know through the literature, through research, that those friendships is where they learn problem solving abilities. Friendships is where they learn compromise, is where they learn to be reliable because your friend is going to call you out on it, right? It's, it's where they learn conflict management and also forgiveness. And so it's just much more difficult uh, to do um, using a screen, but at least they have that. So I would actually say that, you know, I'm so grateful that we do have the technological capabilities to stay connected. So if you have a child that you feel like is sort of withdrawing and uh, really sort of leaning into this isolation more than you would like, they're not the one who's begging you to go play with a friend or a teenager who's begging you for more independence, but they're sort of settling into it. What do you recommend for a parent that is noticing like my child is becoming more and more isolated and it's becoming like what they're desiring? Yeah, yeah, that's really, really tough. And see, you know, as a mental health therapist, you know, I'm always on alert for signs of of depression. And so some of some of what we might be seeing um, in our youth, such as the example that you just gave, could be just a reaction to what's happening. And it's just an adjustment period. And we all need some time to kind of adjust to a major life transition. So you might see a little bit more isolation. But yeah, if, you're, if your child isn't really seeking to mm-hmm. hang out with peers and that's different, yeah, maybe they were a little bit more, you know, social or extroverted, mm-hmm. that is something to pay attention to. And so I always encourage parents to um, just find very um, conversational and gentle ways to kind of encourage your teen to kind engage with family members, even if it's like for 10 minutes, you know, you might want to coax them with, you know, let's have dinner together. And sometimes that is the importance of having sort of like a regular um, routine or regularly scheduled mealtime where everyone is sort of expected to come out, put away the technology for that time period and really connect. Uh, So if that's already pre-established, that's helpful. Um, You want to do, you want to try you know, once a day, I, I wouldn't suggest sort of belaboring the point um, and being overly intrusive, but certainly paying attention to other warning signs that may indicate that something is going on. Yeah. Um, and then for, for other kids who may not be showing signs of distress, uh, but they're just on their screen (laughs) all the time. You know, parents are always trying to figure out how to kind of negotiate that. Um, And Kendra, you and I have talked about how screen time, all screen time isn't really created equal, right? You know, you want to really pay attention to, especially for your younger kids who are kind of attached to their iPads or their iPhones, um, you want to pay attention to what they're watching. So even though we're in this global pandemic, it, it shouldn't really be a free-for-all yeah. for kids to have access to um, anything on the internet because you and I know that the internet can actually be quite dangerous. Yes, for sure. Well, you know, um, it's, I love how you say, like, find ways in the day that your family is connecting. Uh, 
it's so funny because right now in our house, I have my grown daughter temporarily with us and her husband. And then I have my college age daughter here. And then my husband and I are there, of course. And I'm still pretty much working a full day from home often. And I find that right after dinner, we all seem to kind of gravitate to the back porch. And it's something that we've never, we never did before. I think our life was too hustle and bustle and kids were they either were not actually home or they were just heading out the door really quick. But um, I I can see now that that has turned into a pattern of gathering um, and sort of putting down screens and computers and work and reconnecting. So I, I love that piece of advice to parents to like find a few times in the day where screens and stuff are put away. Uh, and dinner time does seem to be one of those really great times for sure. Yeah, because we know that what really makes screens problematic uh, or screen time problematic is that it really gets in the way of other fun leisure family activities right or even individual activities if our kids are you know plugged in to technology what are they not doing they're not playing outside they're not having one-on-one conversations Mm -hmm. um They're not engaging in family time. They're not exercising or reading. And so with older teens, I always talk to parents about just really negotiating. Okay, so it's not necessarily about what I'm taking away from you. I don't want to take away your screen time, especially right now. But what can we add in? Mm -hmm. And so just that language, um, I think, just has like a different connotation. And it's more of a negotiation. It's much more collaborative. Um, and, and, And just even really compel young people who really are the the folks that I'm seeing, they're interested in health and wellness, right? So talking about it from a developmental perspective, yes, there's something that you can gain um, from your screens, but what are the other ways that you can really um, optimize your brain, your body, your health and your wellness and speaking in sort of those types of terms um, with, with extra sleep and movement and, and hanging out face to face with no technology. Could there be um, some benefits to that? Uh, Having those conversations and not such a um, heavy handed or lecturing manner seems to work really well. Yeah. Um, I love what you said a few minutes ago that not all screen time is equal. And um, so my kids are all grown adults right now and phones were just kind of coming out for, for a kid to have their phone when they were like in middle school and high school. So I sort of missed that younger age of them having iPads and, you know, personal devices. And we used to make them put them in our bedside table at night, you know, so they didn't have them at bedtime. But um, what, what are just some things that you can tell parents, like how can they be aware of what their kids are watching? Um, how do they kind of monitor that? We don't have to get, I know there's a lot of technologies that protect and I'll put some links in, in the show notes for them to pursue that. But you're right. Technology, Technology is not all created equal and there are, there are dangerous places and dangerous people out there. So what is, what is kind of like your thought process behind how do we recommend that parents are involved in their kids' technology? Yeah, no, that's really important, Kendra. Um, I think just the awareness that um, it's almost like this unknown territory, right? The worldwide web. Um, and so predators are unfortunately a reality. And so when you have younger kids, it's so important to not only have parental controls, but to monitor what it is that they're watching. I love the whole idea of having like a central place in the home where everyone, mom, dad, 
you know, your 13-year-old and your nine-year-old can sit around and we're really fully aware of what the other person is doing and maybe even engaging in like a fun game or a crossword puzzle or a cool TikTok dance video. Um, so there's not, you know, there's not, you know, secrecy or hiding. And Kendra, you are spot on. I say this now to to my parents of, of teenagers. Um yeah, at a certain time, and, and this could be a negotiation if you have an older child, what is a good time to put the technology away um, and have make sure that parents have some control over, over you know, if, if it's a locked drawer or if the phones go in their room. Um, and again, it's not about um, restricting as much as it is about, about protecting because some of our kids really are sheltered from everything that's going on. And we as parents aren't able to warn them about the dangers of the internet use. Um, and then sometimes it's just not appropriate. It's not developmentally appropriate for your child to be engaging in certain social media sites. Uh, so I would say parental monitoring, having sort of like a designated place for everybody to gather and a designated time for technology to be put away. Yeah, that's great. That's great advice. Um, so by the way, have you done any TikTok? <laughs> I have not, but I was sort of a little jealous or envious is probably the better word. Yes. I don't know if you noticed on Mother's Day, so many moms were doing like these amazing TikTok videos with their kids. I think my kids would kill me, but it's... <laughs> It's super fun to watch. Super fun to watch. Okay, as we wrap up this talk, I uh, I do want to just talk to parents about the, the kind of give themselves a break a little bit that in the idea that we are in a weird season right now where your kids um, are going to be on uh, technology more than normal, and we've really talked about being careful about the isolation aspects of technology because it. Technology does isolate us and, and pulls us away sometimes from the family center or for, even from our friends. And sometimes it exposes us to things that are dangerous. But if we can kind of be careful and aware of all of those things, um, I would love for you to just talk for a minute about the fact that it is okay and it is probably uh, perfectly understandable that their kids are getting a lot more screen time than they normally get. Yes, yes. So I think just very briefly, if social isolation means more screen time right now, mm -hmm. then that's okay. Mm -hmm. And if parents can just sort of relax um, because it just is, it, it's difficult, right? Because you're trying to find a balance, or, you know, there's safety precautions. Um, and then we have to worry about all this additional screen time. It's just so difficult to, to negotiate. So yes, I think during this period of time, there's going to be more screen time. And I think it's really okay for parents to sort of ease up on those restrictions because social isolation um, can be very detrimental. Sure. Okay, Chinwei, thank you so much for uh, jumping in on this topic with us. It's great to hear your advice and your perspective. I hope that it is really helpful to our parents as they're probably sometimes feeling guilty and struggling in this season to know that uh, the pressure is off. They're amazing parents. I meet them every day. They're so plugged in. They love their kids. They're intentional. And this is a weird season. Kids are on screens more than normal, uh, but they can also be connecting with you and you can take advantage. You've got them kind of trapped with you right now. Uh, you really reach out and connect with them. So anyway, thank you so much for this interview time. I really appreciate it. And we'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Kendra. Thank you.